0: first heard from Tiffany, I was immediately drawn to her story. Every single day she wakes up, she has no choice but to be a warrior. A mom of soon to be three is exhausting for any mama. Tiffany, however, has been battling with Crohn's for over 10 years. As a mom with Crohn's, she has been faced with challenges most people wouldn't see in their entire lifetime. She, however, chooses to be thankful, positive, and powerful. Hey Mamas, I'm Lauren and this is Live Your Warrior Mama Life, a show about parenting tips and tricks with a touch of inspiration. This is episode four of Live Your Warrior Mama Life and the beginning of the Warrior Mama series. When I began my journey with Warrior Mama Life, I knew my motivation behind it was surfacing stories of women who are true warriors. Every mama has their own journey, their own challenges, and they conquer their day in their own way. Every story deserves to be heard, and every challenge is relative based on your perspective. I am so excited to be featuring so many amazing warrior mamas on my platform to bring light to their journeys and experiences. I aim to provide knowledge gained from other women's experiences to show that no matter how difficult your situation is, you can fight through. Your mind is the most powerful tool you have. If you focus on accomplishing one task a day and train your mind to think positively, there is not a thing on this planet you can't accomplish. As a mama, we need to focus on our families first. And in order to build the best life for our families, we need to take care of ourselves and our minds. We teach our children every day to not quit and to keep pushing. We need to do the same to be the best role models possible. The stories I will be sharing have truly inspired me. These women have fought, conquered, built, and loved more than I can ever imagine. It gives me such great honor to introduce our first warrior mama, Tiffany. Hi, Tiffany. Thank you so much for joining me today on live your warrior mama life. We are so excited to have you as our first official warrior mama and a part of the warrior mama series.
1: Thanks for having me. I have been super touched by you letting me share my story with other people. Um, That's one of the reasons why I started blogging.
0: Yeah. It's an amazing story. And I know so many people were touched by your experience and I can't wait to just get a little bit more personal with you today and learn more about, you know, what you've been go- what's been going on. And obviously you have a new addition, so yes. there's definitely <laughs> a lot more to talk yes. about. <laughs> so let's, let's get to know you, tell us a little bit about yourself, where are you from? Um, and how many children do you have? Okay. So, um, I'm Tiffany.
1: Uh, I live. I live in Houston with my husband, Philip, and uh, I have three kids. My daughter is six and a half, and my oldest son, I can say that now, my oldest son is four, and then um, my youngest was born two weeks ago, so not even two weeks, so
0: uh, we just from two to three, so... That's amazing. So tell us about um, your recent delivery. Um, you mentioned that you had a plan C section, but um, I want to know obviously a little bit about how your delivery went, but, you know, given everything going on in the world today with a pandemic, how was the hospital during the delivery? Was it like super crowded? Were you scared? Like, tell us so about that. So
1: we were really fortunate. Um, we, so we, t- we live in a suburb of Houston. So we're actually kind of on the outskirts on a boundary. Um, between like ranch okay. country and the city so we're not in the city where it Got is it. really busy Um which is great which is great and so there were only um two other women I think on the whole maternity floor while we were Five. there so that was nice um it was a little more difficult than I expected not physically physically I was great and up and like that evening, I was like, can you please just let me walk around <laughs> I'm out of this bed? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, what was difficult, actually, the most difficult thing was because of the pandemic, we, my husband could come in, but once he came, he wasn't allowed to leave again. And that was really hard because um, we had kids at home. They were being watched by someone I completely trusted 100%, but to have four days of them not having really mommy or daddy was, was kind of hard. And we, we've chatted and stuff, but just the fact that they said, well, if your husband leaves, he's not allowed to come back again. And so I kind of had to choose between, well, how long should I have my husband be there and helping? Cause you know, you just had a C-section getting up and taking care of a baby. isn't the easiest thing in the world. Um, even with, there and stuff and so we ended up deciding for my husband to stay um the whole time and so that that just was a hard like emotionally that was difficult delivery itself was was fine um it was actually probably my smoothest c-section but um but but just kind of that emotional the kids couldn't come see me and meet their brother until we got home things like that yeah
0: So when you eventually did um, bring your newest one home, how were your other kids interacting? Like, what was that experience, um, you know, meeting another sibling? It was really cool.
1: Um, They'd been really excited about it. We made a weekly paper chain countdown kind of at the beginning of the pregnancy because I got really sick of them asking me when the baby was coming. (laughs) And so we had a paper chain (laughs) countdown, so they were very excited. Um, They've They've been really good. Um, I think it's a little bit harder on the four-year-old because he hasn't been through this yet. But my oldest, she's already the big sister. And so adding in one more brother was like, okay, not a big deal. And we've actually, so um, we're licensed foster parents. And so we've had kids in our home in the past that needed extra help or needed extra work. Um, not frequently, just, just two different occasions that it's happened. And then I got pregnant. And so (laughs) we were like, all right, let's put us on hold, please. Um, and so, so they're a little used to having change. Um, this was almost easier because
0: it's a baby that will grow with us instead of a child coming in with their own issues. Talk about your, your kids for a little bit and your experience. So How has life changed for you going from one to two and then two to three? And which was harder?
1: Um, I would say this one is harder, but that's because we're in the sleep deprived state still that you blissfully never remember after it happens. (laughs) So I, in in some ways, this has actually been, the pandemic has been a small blessing for us in the sense that uh, my husband is able to work from home. So he's just been working from home. Um, because Mm -hmm. of the pandemic, whereas normally he would be going back to work like this week or next week. And so being able to still work from home is really nice. Um, and I actually think having my first going (laughs) from zero to one was probably the hardest actually. Um, but I'll let you know when I have to go out again, like right now it's easy to go from two to three because I'm not lugging three kids. To like soccer practice or gymnastics or anything like that. Yeah. So I don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know how to be outnumbered. That is so funny.
0: I mean, it makes me feel a little bit better because if zero to one was the hardest and I there only go, have yeah. one right now. So if that yeah. was the hardest, because like, okay, you have no so idea you have, what you're doing. If we no, have more kids, I, have I can no, do you it. Have no clue what you're doing at <laughs> exactly.
1: first. And I had my mom come and then I had my mother in law come right afterwards like, with my first, and I still was, like, I don't know what to do, like, she's crying, and I, I don't know what to do, <laughs> and
0: I'm the oldest of 10 kids. Yeah, you really I don't. Know don't.
1: Do. <laughs> it's just
0: different when you, yeah, are... people say, yeah, 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 people say, you know, a mother knows their babies cry. I had no, no idea why he was crying. It's okay. Is he tired? I don't know. Is he hungry? I don't know. Yep. Is he a new diaper? I Eventually, don't know. you
1: learn the cries, but, oh,
0: Beginning, right. Exactly. You don't.
1: And so it was. It was funny because exactly. people are like, "Do you need anything?" And I was like, "Honestly, I feel pretty confident <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I'm like, you know, That's I awesome.
0: yeah, I can pro. I can do
1: this. I'm not a perfect parent by any means at all, but like, short of something catastrophic happening, I I can handle being peed on or pooped on or a baby crying and have an idea of what could be wrong <laughs> where is it the first amazing yeah
0: exactly so. you're you're definitely a pro and <laughs> I don't know about that sure. I
1: just feel more <laughs> confident this time.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Um okay so let's talk about some of the harder stuff. Um, you know we You know, you and I had connected Mm -hmm. earlier and you shared, um, some really tough information around, you know, uh, Crohn's and your experience there. But, um, when did you find out that you had it? And for those that are not sure what Crohn's disease is, can you share a little bit uh, more? Yeah, sure.
1: So I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease about 10 years ago. Um, it was definitely a grieving process um, getting diagnosed with a chronic illness, especially one that has a huge impact on your day-to-day life. Um, you, you end up going through the stages of grief. You mourn for who, like the life you had envisioned because changes have to be made. Um, so Crohn's itself is an autoimmune disease. Um, it's like lupus or multiple sclerosis. And for those that aren't sure what autoimmune diseases are, um, Everyone is familiar with the idea of a transplant, like a kidney transplant or a lung transplant or heart transplant. And when you receive a transplant to replace your Mm -hmm. organ, you run the risk of your body rejecting it because it's foreign um, and it might reject it. So an autoimmune disease is your body rejecting something in you that was already in you, but your immune system just got confused. And so it starts attacking your body parts. So like, Arthritis, your immune system is attacking your joints and things like that. And so, Crohn's disease is the immune system attacking the digestive tract, so your stomach, your intestines, things like that. Um, and so, basically, my immune system thinks that I had a stomach transplant and is trying to reject it. Um, and yeah, there's there's say. not which with any autoimmune disease, there's no way to tell your immune system hey, you're confused. Stop being stupid. Like This is supposed to be yeah. here. Um, yeah. And so I was, I was completely healthy until 10 years ago. And then overnight got really, really sick, like really sick. It was my first week of teaching. I had just graduated from college a couple months ago. I had just moved in my own place. Wow. And um, but I got really sick. And so Thankfully, I got diagnosed really quickly because I was really sick. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who yeah. um, have autoimmune disorders, especially um, Crohn's disease or um, another inflammatory bowel disorder, um, IBD, they get misdiagnosed for years. They get told, oh, it's you have celiac or oh, maybe you have an intolerance for um milk and things like that. And so I was diagnosed very quickly because I was so sick. Um, So that, that was actually kind of a blessing that I didn't go for years untreated.
0: And is there, is there any, um, you know, information on like how, like how this happened or is it, you know, just very, very unknown? um, Um, Yeah. It's still pretty unknown.
1: No, one's really sure autoimmune disorders tend to run in families. So like my dad has arthritis and one of his brothers passed away from multiple sclerosis. Um, And so you'll kind of find trends in families of autoimmune disorders in general, just because though I have it does not mean, I mean, like I said, six biological, my parents have six biological kids and I am the only one with an autoimmune disorder. So it's not like guaranteed passed down genetic, but, um, there's something about the, something your immune system being able to be confused easier. And so a lot of times people with an autoimmune sure. disorder might get other autoimmune disorders as well, because, um, because your immune system just gets confused a little easier. Usually they think it is some, like your body, they don't know what, and everyone's different, but something triggers it like some you get exposed to an allergen or whatever you know whatever it is that that c- just kicks your immune system into overload
0: and it doesn't stop <laughs> sure. okay, so I know you've had three mm-hmm. uh, pregnancies um, so I physically you know you're <laughs> capable of absolutely anything but, you know, from, from from the, from obviously being diagnosed with Crohn's um, what do you think the biggest change was that you had to make? I guess either physically or mentally. So I think that
1: the biggest change I had to make, we just touched on a little bit of, I had to change my mindset. I had to, that was one thing that this principal Mm -hmm. who kind of took me under her wing, which I will always be so grateful for. And um, She told me one time, she looked at me and she said, Tiffany, life is meant to be run as a marathon and not a sprint. And it, I was like, mm-hmm. oh. And and I kind of mold over that because one thing that was hard, I mean, I was used to, I always took like 17 credits in college and worked multiple jobs and just kept going and going and going. And so when I, and I would always wake up the next day refreshed and ready to go again. And so having to say, like recognize that I now had limits was really hard. But as I Mm -hmm. thought about it, I thought, you know, if we're watching a marathon going on, and if you ever, I ran track in high school and, you know, I know forever ago, (laughs) but it's very, you're running the hundred yard dash (laughs) than if you're running a mile or a two mile, right? If your coach will tell you, Mm If you're running the longer distances, you pace yourself. If you start sprinting at the very beginning, everyone is going to say, you're being really stupid. You need to slow down, pace yourself, or you're not going to make it to the end. And so that was what I had to realize was like, okay, we don't, we don't say that we, we look at people's lives and they're like, oh my gosh, look at her. Look how much she can do. Look at all of this. Look at all of that. It's incredible. And we're admiring her sprint, (laughs) but if you keep a sprint
0: pace
1: in a journey, that's meant to last literally a lifetime, you will burn out like just you will. And whether you have a physical health issue or not, you cannot do sprint paces anymore. This, especially the further you get in life and you bring in children and you bring in health and you bring in marriage and responsibilities. Um, you just, you can't maintain it. Mm -hmm. And so that helped me give myself some grace on that to give myself permission to say, you know what, I can't do that. And that's okay. And that, that was hard. That was so hard. And it still can be sometimes like, I'll still look at other moms and be like oh my
0: gosh look at what that mom is doing with her kids happy to hear how you're doing now and how your story finished but it's remarkable what you know you went through um and then just continued to keep that strong mind that positive mindset and fight through so super inspiring to you know hear that journey and um, you know, just to kind of find out what, what had happened and to well, I realized
1: now. really quickly that I had very little control over my body. I mean, I could, yes, advocate for myself and make sure I take my medicine and, you know, things like that. But I, I really didn't have much control over what my body decided to do. And I could either, I, I could either yeah. be sick and happy or sick and miserable, but I couldn't change the sick part. And it's Mm -hmm. much more enjoyable to live life happy than miserable. (laughs) So,
0: I love that. I totally love that. I'm like learning to that. You know, our our minds are the most powerful, you know, weapon or asset that we have. Right. It's like, what what is your mindset? How are you going to approach every you know difficult situation that you're faced with? And you know, if you can, you know, find a positive or, you know, if you can give yourself a new outlook, you're going to completely change the reality. Yes, exactly. You,
1: you can't like, at first, when I got diagnosed, I was like, well, I'll just push through it. Like, that's what you did in college when you had to pull an all nighter or, you know, things like that, like, it was just, Mm -hmm. you just push through (laughs) things. And so that's what I tried to do at first was just like, push through and mind, you know, mind over matter, mind over matter. And I, my mindset could not change my physical body at all. And all I was, I was just hurting myself by, but, but I could change on the inside. Like you're saying, like you can change your mindset and how you approach it. And, and it really made a big difference. Um, because a lot of people when they get sick or they're like, well, I don't want it to define me. If they have cancer, they don't want it to define them. But fighting against that definition Mm -hmm. means that you don't get the growth that comes with it. Yes. You don't want to wallow in misery, which is what I think people are saying when they say they don't want it to define them. But I, for me, I feel like my Crohn's has defined me and shaped me just as much as being a mom has, like, it's just a part of my life. And Mm -hmm. And so I'm, Yeah. I'm, I like the definition that it's giving me. If I had to choose what my life was, I don't know if I would change it because the growth I've gained, um,
0: is, okay. yeah. <laughs> you're so awesome. I don't know. You're so awesome. About that. <laughs> Thank you. You're awesome. <laughs> um, your bad days are probably a lot of other people's normal days right. too. If you think about it that way, you know, everybody's yeah. so different. And I feel like you have, um, which is similar to me, yes. a competitive <laughs> mindset where you want to accomplish so much, mm-hmm. you want to do so much, um, you know, whether it's for your children and for your family, you just want to, you know, provide yeah. as much as you can. Um, and I think, you know, your, your, minimum is probably most people's average yeah. or maximum. So oh, you're doing a really good job. You know,
1: It's, it's, I, I think I, I said it a little bit earlier of it, it's, it really is like the loss of a loved one in some ways, because you have to look at all of the things that you want to accomplish or that you had dreamed of and that you had envisioned yourself as a, as a mom or, or you know, whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. And, and you have to mourn that loss. There's a grieving process because you have to accept, you don't just give up obviously, but you have to accept that there may be some things that you might not be able to get done because of your circumstances. And, and that's okay. And so that, that the five stages of grief you go through and you cycle through that. And sometimes I still That I still will be like, yeah. And so then I just tried to get off social media (laughs) and stop. Yeah, uh, you know, but it it, it is true. That true. You you do what you can and you celebrate. You can do Mm -hmm. and 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 let it define you and help you grow and you end up becoming something totally different than you thought you
0: would. But it's sometimes is even way better than yeah. you could have ever imagined talk to me about like a typical day you know for mm-hmm. for you with Crohn's what's something that you know other moms can do that you find yourself struggling with or just you know a, a bigger Cleaning stra- challenge that you have
1: <laughs> I, I yep. don't have enough energy <laughs> to, to take care of my kids and I know a lot of people like <laughs> a lot of people are like bemoan cleaning houses, uh, you know, my house can never be clean. I've got kids. Yes. That's very true. But like physically
0: yeah, the
1: energy that goes into <laughs> like, even just cleaning a bathroom or getting dishes done, like it's, well, I can take my kids to the park or I can do the dishes. And luckily I have an extremely, extremely yeah. supportive, amazing husband who will, he'll be the first one to be like, Tiff go sit down and let me do the dishes <laughs> and I'm like right yeah he's so fantastic awesome. and so you know no seriously an I angel. married the most incredible man alive um yeah he's oh, I, I could I not it. have done a lot of any of it without his support and so um so that's been fantastic but um, as a typical day That's amazing. is waking up, and and some days are good and some days are bad, and you just don't know what's going to happen. It's like you wake up and you're like, "Oh, today's great," or "Oh, today's not great," and you just have to adjust your mindset. Um, but it's waking up and taking inventory of, yeah, okay, how much energy do I have? Like not like right this second, but like, all right, how much can I get done today before I reach burnout point or try to not get to, you don't want to get to burnout point because then the next few days you're down. (laughs) Um, But, and so it's, it's making adjustments and saying, okay, these were my expectations of what I wanted to get done today. Some of these aren't realistic. So now I have to pick and choose. And so there's not so much a typical day in that because they're all different. The only thing that's consistent is, That I will have to prioritize what I wanted to get
0: done that day. I love that you look at it that way, right? Your kids are definitely learning so much from this experience with responsibility and empathy. Like that makes total sense, and that's the way that you have to look at it because it's true. They, they, and it's something that they wouldn't
1: get. And I mean, they could, but it's not the same. And and the level of Responsibility yeah. and independence that they're going I'm hoping will, as they become adults, that it will give them more understanding for others and more patience, you know, bigger sense of responsibility yeah. on their own because mom wasn't there to tell them every little thing to do and be on them all the time, and you know they they can they're a little more self sufficient yeah. than kids their age, and so
0: yeah and they'll have a you know they have a high emotional intelligence for kids at such young ages um so that's that's so cool um so you know, most people. I mean, a lot of people, right? They're, they're pregnant at one time, and I know I was. I said right after I was pregnant, I <laughs> can't imagine being pregnant like right now. Like I can't imagine doing that again. But you did it three times, and you know, you you have an autoimmune disease. So, you know, how do you feel during your pregnancies? And are you gonna have more kids? I mean, you we're came from already, a big family, so we're already, so talking, what's, we're what's already the, talking about what's
1: stopping four? you. This was actually right. My, this oh was my, my God. easiest pregnancy <laughs> and my easiest delivery. And so, like, two days after we got home from the hospital, I was like, I could totally do this again. Like, I could do this again,
0: especially oh my if God. We not <laughs> in a pandemic
1: because the last couple weeks were really hard because I planned on filling them up with lots of things for the kids to do so that it would go fast doing museums. And then we were just stuck at yeah. home. so, time really seemed to be gone. <laughs> Yeah, and um, yeah, we're already talking about number yeah, four. Um, totally. I think it helped. So my first pregnancy came right after I got off that feeding tube, and yeah. I was on birth control, but I wasn't absorbing wow. it, and so it was pregnant. Like it was like, wow. Oh, well, okay. Like <laughs> it was our thing. We got it. We got the results from wow. the doctor on our one-year wedding anniversary. I had been, you know, I'd been sick the whole year. Oh I had just gotten off a feeding tube like two months before, and and I'm sorry if this is too much information, but like I was so sick, I hadn't even been having a period like the whole year, and because I was sick, and so wow, um, yeah, so like we just did a pregnancy test like my doctor was like when was your last period and I was like I actually have no idea and he's like I'm gonna run one just in case and it came back positive <laughs> and we were all like only like oh, six how far weeks. along so were you? it was really yeah. it was really like wow oh, okay okay well um well let's make some changes but um But I, because I was still even getting used to eating real food again, um, hyperemesis. And so my body, which I'd already lost so much weight on the feeding tube, I just, I was not very strong. And so I was pretty much put on bed rest and threw up all day, every day, had to go to the hospital every day to get IV fluids, to stay hydrated for like the whole pregnancy. So that was really rough. Um, also have, um, each pregnancy I've struggled with antepartum depression. It's like postpartum depression, but it comes on during your okay. pregnancy. And so with my first, I didn't okay. know, and I didn't recognize. And, um, I like stopped eating, what I could keep down. I didn't even eat like, and so we had a scare at about five months. Cause my baby she stopped moving like for a whole day and a half. And I and my, and so, um, and so I was like, well, okay, I've got to figure this out. But once there was a name to it, as opposed to just being this lingering feeling of doom and gloom and unmotivation, mm-hmm. like once there was a name to it, that helped because then I could be like, oh, what I'm feeling isn't, mm-hmm. isn't normal, you know? <laughs> and so that helped. and then. Yeah, um, yeah. So then with my son, my first one, because <laughs> there's two now. Um, with my son, there's it it <laughs> when it started happening again, I could recognize it and I could be like, okay, we're good. And so I think part of what after he was born, I was or no, shortly before he was born, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. And they put me um on after he was born, they put me on an antidepressant to see if it would help with the fibromyalgia pain. And it did. And so I just stayed on this mild antidepressant. Mm-hmm. And so then this pregnancy, I had a bit of antepartum depression, but I really think having that antidepressant made all the difference. And so it was always there kind of lingering in the back, but not this overpowering mm-hmm. feeling like it with my other pregnancies. Sure. And so is so this pregnancy, got I was it, like, got it. This is great. <laughs> I can, I, I could do this again because I yeah. didn't feel the crushing darkness that I had felt with the other two pregnancies. And, um, that made a right. big difference.
0: So for um, anybody else that, you know, maybe, um, you know, any form of depression, Mm -hmm. but particularly any part of depression, what, you know, are, what are some like triggers or um, alerts uh, for somebody else to recognize that they're experiencing that? And, you know, what tips can you give them to you know, help them, um, recover if it's advice or, you know, seek help so, or whatever. That's a great question.
1: I have a, a blog post on my blog all about antipartum depression. Cause it's not one that people, everyone knows about postpartum depression and everybody knows what to look for, like baby blues after baby comes, but it's not something we'll talk about mm-hmm. like from before pregnancy. And it's awful because it's almost, yeah, yeah I've never heard yeah, of it, Like, so no, like right. it's not a common knowledge thing, but it's just as common as postpartum depression. Like it's just, but everyone is just like, oh, I'm just tired mm-hmm. from being pregnant. Oh, you know, this the, kind of the same things that people used to say about postpartum depression. It's just the baby blues. You're just tired. As baby gets older, you'll feel better. Um, so with antipartum mm-hmm. depression, it's actually going to be a lot of the symptoms and signs that you would look for in postpartum depression. Yes, it's normal to feel tired, but are you feeling lethargic? Are you feeling like no motivation to want to do anything at all? Or do you feel numb? Or do you feel like, is it really hard? Is some people are like, I'm so excited to be pregnant. And if you can't muster that feeling like at all, um, or it's very muted, um, even with this, this third pregnancy, I struggled to feel excited about it unless other people were feeling excited about it for me. Like, <laughs> like if I was with a friend who was like, I'm so excited to hold your yeah. baby. And then I could feed off of their enthusiasm <laughs> and, and I excited, but I couldn't yep. yeah. like, muster it on my own. And it's not like I had any, I mean, this was something I'd been wanting yep. and praying for and desiring. And, but then all of a sudden it was just like this cap over it just kind of muted everything. Um, and so if, if you're feeling that way in a pregnancy and you're just feeling blah, so many people feel ashamed about it because they're like, everyone else is excited about their pregnancies. Everyone's taking the cute pictures. And I just can't, I just can't do that. Even though I used to be super excited and now I just can't, I don't know. Um, then if there, there's a feeling of shame, like, right. but I wanted this, like, what's wrong with me? Am I going to be a terrible mother? Because I yeah. don't like sing lullabies to my baby bump, like <laughs> my, you know, and, and, and so yeah. the answer is, so with me for the first two, just knowing and being able to talk about it really did help a lot, but I didn't realize how much medication would help until I got put on it for my fibromyalgia. And then I went through pregnancy with it and i was like wow this is night and day like total night and day and so yeah. um if you are i would strongly recommend talking to your ob and not be ashamed of feeling that of way because it doesn't have any reflection on you as a mother especially when it's your first and you're worried about being a good yeah. mom anyway and it's this crazy exciting time in your life that you're like what if i'm a bad mom what if this what if that and that's normal for anybody, and so when you're not feeling all the good feelings about it, yeah. it's easy to be like, "Well, what kind of what kind of unnatural person am I that I can't do this, <laughs> that right. I can't get all excited and take pictures sure. of my baby bump every is, <laughs> yeah, yeah."
0: Not well, <laughs> everybody wants to do that, but yeah, yeah, no, totally, exactly.
1: And so you feel that way. You feel this but. kind of. Like, again, if it's, especially if it's your first, you're feeling this guilt and shame that maybe you're an unnatural woman or something that what woman isn't thrilled or excited, especially when you have been feeling excited before it's really confusing. And so just bringing it up with your OB or even primary care, or even just talking to a friend about it. and. If anyone who is listening feels that way, they could always email me if they feel like they have no one else to talk to (laughs) because it's, it's easy to feel alone and scared. And it's sometimes it's much easier to reach out to a stranger that you heard on a podcast or saw a blog post about than then to confide in someone that, you know, in person that might judge you or that you are, would judge you. 100%.
0: Mm -hmm. I think recognizing that what you're feeling isn't normal mm-hmm. and then reaching out to anybody to talk to, um, you know, and then seeking the the medical help yeah. that you might need is, is, you know, crucial. And so thank one you last so thing, if you that, do reach out um, and you're shot you, down a bit, especially from someone
1: from an older generation, who's like, Oh, it's baby blues or, Oh, you'll be fine, but you don't feel fine. Yeah. One thing that I've always taught my kids, um, if, well, it, it, it pertains to abuse a little bit, but is, you know, what if, what if I tell and no one believes me? And I always, the answer is, well, you just keep telling until you find someone smart enough who will believe you. And that's, this is yeah, if you I are, if you are not feeling yourself, it's different feeling pregnant and burned out, but you're excited, but you're burned out and you hate morning sickness. That's different. Um, But if you, really feeling down and you're feeling like mm-hmm. I am not myself um keep and and someone doesn't listen to you don't let that shut you down just they're not smart enough to believe you like keep going until you find someone who is smart enough
0: I love that and your feelings right my, my mom actually said this to me too yeah you no know, your feelings are always valid and that is you know true in so many different things but don't let anybody discredit your emotions right. or having those feelings for a reason um and then yeah you, you need to have them addressed And honestly, like what I love about you is that, you know, despite everything that you're going through, you've, you found a way to keep busy mm-hmm. and like become an entrepreneur and start your own businesses when you have these children and you're fostering and, you know, you're, you're going through pregnancies and, you know, you're feeling sick and you just keep doing more and you keep doing more and you just have so much motivation. And I honestly oh. don't know anybody else. Thank like you. you and I love it, it actually
1: and it's was to save my sanity <laughs> a little bit. Um, um it wasn't like I was like how can I go do more it was okay I I'm sick and I'm bedridden and you can only binge watch Netflix for so long so <laughs> I need something that yeah. my type A personality can feel accomplished at and so <laughs> that that's more where I came from not from any hidden yeah. drive to do something amazing it was a
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's drive too. Don't, you know, give yourself some more credit. That's drive. So tell us about um saving talents, which is what um, you know, your your blog now. Um tell us a little bit about that. Um, you know, how, what can people um? Yeah, find so blogging is not something that.
1: I ever thought I would do. And I got into it in kind of a weird way several years ago after um, my four right after my four-year-old was born and money was tight. Um, I started couponing. So, actually, when I was pregnant with him, I started couponing. Someone told me the coupon, and after he was born, and I had gotten kind of sick and I was kind of stuck in bed, and so I come up with these elaborate coupon things and try to send my husband to the grocery store half with like 50 coupons <laughs> and like a detailed look. He did not enjoy it, so I was like. <laughs> well, I just will share that oh with other God. people. And so I started a couponing blog that I was like, you know, maybe I'll make like 20 or 30 bucks a month and like get a pedicure every few months or something like that. Like that'll, um, but it took off like, yeah, surprise. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I did that for a while. And then, but I found that, um, what I was doing didn't feel as meaningful for me after a years. Like, I, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I like to talk to people, I like to help people. And at first, when I was teaching people how to coupon it, it felt useful and helpful, and that I was making a difference. And, but after a couple of years, I was like, eh. and it was, I was kind of starting to burn out. We, at that point, had a second child, and then we brought a family, um, a family in, and I still kept doing it. And then those kids went with their dad, and then we brought another family in about nine months later. And at that point I was like, okay, so I sold that blog. Um, but I, yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> I Amazing. sold it. And I started
1: saving <laughs> talents because I still wanted to make a difference. And I was like, you know, I'm just gonna, I like, I'm the oldest of 10 kids. And my siblings will joke that I'm like the queen of big sister lectures. Like they avoid me more than they avoid my dad getting lectured about something like <laughs> <laughs> it is That's yeah, it's exactly. because you care it's because so you want to help I was like you know I want to yeah. lecture people not like in a way I, but I was like you know I feel like I've learned <laughs> like things that I've been through like being diagnosed with Crohn's and stuff I, was, I there's other people out there and I went through a mm-hmm. lot of it I had my husband and my like my family amazing support but there wasn't much knowledge and I didn't know anybody else who was really going through any of it. And I was like, you know, change. I want to change how people Mm -hmm. talk about themselves. Like I want, I want to be real. I want to be open and I want to be a resource for people. And so saving talents kind of it's, it's, it's just started off really slow Um. But I, so on the blog, you can find everything on there. I put recipes on there. I put um, lectures on there. I put um, activities and things that you can do with your kids. Like, you know, here's some fun summer activities to get out and about. Um, It's just kind of this homeschooling Christian lifestyle mommy blog. It's not specific, unfortunately, (laughs) but Enjoy it though. And, um, so with and I and I want to like like this, like being able to say here's anapartum depression and and let people know and and get there or here are how to go through the five yeah. stages of grief with a chronic illness. Here you go. And and share what I yep. share the things that I wish I would have known at the beginning of my journey, whether it's parenting, whether it's teaching, whether it's homeschooling, whether it's being sick, yep. whatever um, things I wish I would have known that would have made life a little bit easier
0: at the time. And you've definitely, um, had quite a journey so far and everything's, you know, it's still, you know, life is still young and you've definitely experienced so much. If there's one piece of advice that you can give to other moms that, you know, maybe are Going through any challenges, right? It doesn't have to be, you know, an illness. It could be anything. Um, what, mm, you, I would what would you say? say... Yeah.
1: Please don't compare yourself to other moms. I, I know we all kind of hear that, but we don't really absorb it. We we tend to be so hard on ourselves. And sometimes it's not even comparing to another specific mom or something. We compare ourselves to the ideal image of what we wish we were. And um, like, mm-hmm. there's a lifetime in front of us of learning. So that ideal image is a, it's a great goal to work for. Like, don't get me wrong. We should all be trying to do our best, but don't, don't look at the distance of how far away you are from it and then beat yourself up and compare. Um, And don't compare to other moms, but just don't compare. A lot of, we have expectations and ideals and images that we didn't even know that we had. Like if someone were like, what's your expectation going to be of being a mom? You wouldn't be able to put it into words. Don't know what those preconceived notions are, but it's, so it's really easy to slip into. I am not doing enough. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. And, and really it's, that's, that's okay. We are all imperfect. So yes, try to try to get to your ideal goal. Like don't say, you know, whatever, <laughs> but yeah. that's okay to work for. But remember it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah. You're not supposed to be at the finish line When you're at the start line or Mm -hmm.
0: even in the first lap, I love love that. It's like, you know, be the best version of yourself and continue to try Mm -hmm. to get to those goals, but, you know, give yourself time to learn and time to get there. And your journey and your experiences are your own. I love that.
1: That's amazing. (laughs) I think it's something we all need to hear, (laughs) even me at times. And I preach it and I still need to hear it myself. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think we need to remind ourselves too that like we're human every day and we're moms and we are warriors, right? We fight and we accomplish and we we do so much, but you know, I think we have to learn from our mistakes and we have to learn from our, from our lessons and then we move on. And we hopefully, you know, have taken that piece of information and become a better person. this has been such a pleasure. This has been so wonderful learning more about you and talking about your family and your newest edition, and just how you really, um, inspire me and inspire a lot of other women and mothers every day by your journey and your experiences. So thank yeah, you. yeah, Thank so, you, so, so Lauren, for, for having me on here.
1: I appreciate and it. There's-
0: it was fun. Other people want to learn more about you um can find you so how, how um can, the blog uh, is called saving, saving
1: talents and so just go to savingtalents.com talents.com and there's also our facebook page and um instagram are the same saving talents and so you can look us up on there or if you want to um just reach out via email it's admin at
0: saving Awesome, and we'll be sure to share all of those links. Okay, thank you so episode. much for
1: having me, Lauren. I appreciate it. This was fun. Cool.
0: I want to thank Tiffany for sharing her journey with us. The number one thing I have learned from her journey is the perspective she has on life. She chooses to recognize her story as her own and lives her life the way she is meant to live it. Her children are learning such a great deal from her experiences, and those lessons are absolutely invaluable. She has taken her time to channel her energy in such a positive way and has built successful businesses while not just raising her children, but homeschooling them. She is able to do this not just as a mom, but a mom with Crohn's. There is clearly nothing that can stop her from accomplishing whatever goals and desires she has for herself and for her family. Thank you, Tiffany. Keep fighting and conquering your journey.